What's going on, guys? This is your sports therapy. As always, it's all of your sports in one shot. I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller, and always I've got Anthony Luhan, but you can call me Lou. So what's going on, guys? We're excited to be back, man. We took a week of hiatus. We had some things planned up, so we wanted to make sure that we came with a real fire for today. We're going to talk about some NFL for uh, you know week six and then our week seven predictions. We've got uh, the NCAA football. We got a lot of big uh, upsets that happened last week. When we're talking about some stuff that happened this or stuff that we have planning going on this week, uh, we want to touch a little bit about NBA basketball, MLB postseason. Uh, we did have the tip off, plus we have the playoffs going on for MLB. We also got women's basketball that we just got wrapped up, and then we're also going to touch about the men's, uh, you know, disappointment in soccer. But we'll get into that a little bit later. So let's get this thing popping, huh, Anthony? So let's talk about three. Let's talk, let's talk, man. So you tell me about three games that you were excited about that came out uh, for week six in the NFL. All right, definitely. Uh, we got to see, finally we got to see the uh, the only undefeated team go down in the Chiefs. They were playing the Steelers this uh, this last weekend. Um, the, the Steelers came out victorious 19-13. to 13. Just a little recap on what happened. Um uh looks like uh it been ben, Big Ben went for 252 yards and Le'Veon Bell came out ready to play. He had 179 yards. Um, Antonio Brown had 155 yards on the uh, Steelers side. On the Chiefs side, um, it just it looked like they couldn't they weren't going to get going. Like they couldn't figure out until late in the fourth quarter. They didn't know where they were. It just seemed like like the Pittsburgh defense was just swarming them. Alex Smith. Did not turn the ball over, so he's still turnover list this this game. He threw for 246 yards. Um, Cream Hunt kind of got put in check. He only had 21 yards rushing, but he had 89 yards receiving. So it's interesting to see. Definitely one of the uh, better matchups to watch if you're looking for a good defensive game. Um, big play towards the end kind of blew the score up to what it was now. Um, what is one of the ones that you want to talk about, Cliff? Yeah, so my, I think my game for right now that I want to talk about next, man, is uh, we got to talk about that Patriots-Jets uh, game. So this was a game that uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots were, you know, offensively they were just supposed to dominate this game and just make uh, the Jets kind of irrelevant in their defense. What we kind of found out was that uh, the, the Jets' defense, even though, man, it, it is kind of a weaker defense, it, it's still a strong defense, and that's why you play in the pros. But the real big story about the night was um, – just a lack of uh, pass rush that the Patriots are able to kind of muster up, and of course, when you're thin at you're thin at defensive end, that's what you're going to kind of expect, right? So next man up needs to get ready to get playing. And uh, the big story too coming out was uh, Safari and Jenkins, uh, eight eight receptions, 46 yards, one touchdown. But he seemed to really kind of just it wasn't the fact that he had just eight receptions. It's like his eight receptions came out of nowhere. Like, when they needed him, he just showed up, and he was just there getting the passes thrown to him. So, you know, it was a really good job by Josh McGowan of the Jets, uh, who went 354 for two touchdowns, two picks. Great job for him. But on the other side, you got to give it up. It's Tom Brady, man. He's doing his thing. You know, two touchdowns, one pick, 257. Um, and Deion Lewis, man, was 11 for 52 with the touch. So he definitely did a great job. Uh, and Gronk had two TDs. Of course, this Gronk being Gronk spiking the ball and everything, man. But yeah, man, let's move on to uh, let's move on to another game that you're excited about. That you were excited about this last week, Anthony. All right, let's, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back just a little bit towards the game. How about Tom Brady? The dude is 40 years old and he's still playing like he's 28. How crazy is that? Like he is looking really good for being 40. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, no doubt, man. So I'm going to let you hit the pause button for a second because, you know, you're just singing his praises. But, yeah, you're right, man. The guy has only thrown, what, two picks, man, like an entire season. He's 40 years old, but he's still slinging a rock around. Like he's just, you know, he's you know, right between 26, 27 years old. So definitely shout-out to him and the way that he's able to maintain and use his experience and uh, just, you know, beat teams up, man. So it's it's a great job. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the next game I want to talk about is that Saints-Lions game. You had the 3-2 and two, uh, Lions visiting the 2-2 the two and two, uh, Saints, and this was a battle of defenses, it would have seemed like. I mean, you see the score 52-38, to 38, you think, man, it's, it's all offense, but it wasn't. It was not that. It was total opposite. This game had had a defensive or special team touchdowns. The, the Lions had two. The Saints had three um, total yards on this game. I'm just going to read this out real quick. Total yards for the Saints was 379 to 347. So if you, when you see those the, the total yardage, you think, well, it, it wasn't that an exciting a game. The defense on this definitely uh, definitely made this game interesting to, to watch. And so it's looking at that um, – you had you did Matthew Stafford. He he did throw for 312 yards. Drew Brees threw for 186. Um, Amir Abdullah, the Nebraska, our Nebraskan uh, faithful. He uh, he only ran for 54 yards. And uh, on on the other side, we had Mark Ingram. He had 25 carries for uh, 114 yards and two TDs. So it was an exciting game to watch if you're looking at the defensive aspects because there's lots of sacks and lots of defensive touchdowns. No, you're right, man. It was definitely a great game. So let's move on, man. So I'm going to talk about this Miami versus Atlanta game. So, you know, uh, Atlanta is kind of a fickle team, man, where they're on the road, they're playing, you know, tough teams, and they're uh, big and bad at it. And then they get home, and for some reason they just can't win. It's weird. It's it's definitely kind of their curse, but it is what it is, man. But shout-out to Matt Ryan, uh, 248 yards, one touch, one pick. Uh, and then you saw Devonta Freeman, nine rushes for 68 yards, but Trent Coleman was the one that made out with the touchdown. Jay Ajahi, man, over, at the, over for the uh, Miami Dolphins, man, 130 yards, man. He had 26 carries. It's great for him. And then the old man, Cutler, sitting there throwing for 151 for two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, so definitely, man, uh, this is a game that uh, Atlanta should have won, uh, but they just came out super sluggish, wasn't looking like looking like the hot Atlanta team that we've known uh, and and Miami capitalized on that, and they ended up beating up uh, beating up the uh, the Falcons for it, man. So it was just it was a crazy crazy game. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's move on. Let's go to my third take on this one, and that was the uh, Vikes and Packers game. The reason I picked this is because the Vikes beat the Packers uh, twenty three to ten. The big story on here is Aaron Rodgers got tackled uh, after he threw the ball and broke his collarbone, so he's going to be out for probably the rest of the season. We'll definitely look at that. Uh, Brett Hundley, or Brett Hudley, uh, he uh, he came in and tried to help out. And at first he did look good, but then that Minnesota defense just swarmed him. Uh, looking on here, he did have 157 yards on 18 of 23 for one touchdown, but he did have three picks on the other side. He had Case Keenum, who uh, threw for 239 yards, one pick, one touchdown. Uh so, yeah, definitely is one of these games that we're like, wow, I cannot believe Aaron Rodgers is out again. So uh, it's the second time in his career, I believe, that he's going to be uh, 
missing some big time on this in the season. Yeah, no doubt, man. It was definitely a huge loss, and although, and if you're a fantasy person, you probably have at least you know Devontae Adams, who ended up having a touchdown anyway in the game, or Randall Cobb, or even uh, Jordy Nelson, man. You had them on your team, and you were just mad because you just knew that you know they weren't seeing the ball at all, and and Bennett wasn't getting the ball either. So it was definitely uh, it was definitely crazy to see that that that's how much Aaron Rodgers like affects that team. So. To see that he, he, you know, he went out, it was, it was crazy. So we're gonna move on, man. And and crazy enough, we're talking about the Tampa Bay Arizona game, right? So big story in this one was that Jameis Winston did get hurt in his game, hurt his shoulder. Uh, he was five for ten for sixty-one yards, but then he got hurt and then replaced by uh, Harvard grad uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I think the bigger story of it was what happened earlier in the week. And what happened earlier in the week was uh, the Saints traded Adrian Peterson to the Arizona Cardinals, who then released. Chris Johnson or CJ2K, as most of us remember him, uh, they ended up releasing him, and uh, so you had a monster, monster uh, team where you have a an, a veteran, veteran quarterback with a veteran uh, receiver and a veteran running back, and and those three, uh, at least it seems that way, kind of gelled together pretty well. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, 22 of 32 for 293 touchdowns, two picks for the for the Bucks, uh, you know. Uh, the little the little hamster, you know Martin. He had a uh, fourteen for fifty, uh, fourteen carries, fifty three yards with a, a touchdown. And then Mike Evans, of course, having a touch, and Brady having a touch, and Deshaun Jackson all having touches. So it was a great job for those guys. On the other side of things, Carson Palmer threw uh, for two eighty three, three touchdowns, one pick. And then you had Adrian Peterson, who had twenty six carries for one hundred and thirty four yards and two touchdowns. That's monstrous, especially for someone like him. He needed a game like this. He showed up and he shelled out. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, man, you always got to leave it to to Fizz. Uh, Ten receptions, 130 yards, 138 yards, and a touchdown. So it's a good job by by the team altogether. Um, you know, and what's so funny is that uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Carson Palmer, and Adrian Peterson all had fumbles, but only uh, Larry Fitzgerald lost his. So the team, the team is looking stronger now. You know, even though you don't you don't have David Johnson on your team, you do have Adrian Peterson, and I would have to say that's a pretty good backup. Yeah, I agree with you. I really do. Uh, with uh, David Johnson going out, you have probably one of the best raw athletes that we got to we we seen come out of college in recent in within the past ten fifteen years, and he's still putting up good numbers uh, on on your team now. I think it's a good it's a good choice for the for the, uh, the Falcons to get him on that trade. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely good that the Cardinals got that trade done. So let's move on, man. We're gonna talk about week seven, man. Pick out a game. Uh, actually, before we do that, we gotta talk about the ass kicking, and I say that with love because there's other words I could use. Um, Denver, man, just not showing up with the Giants, and it seems to be kind of a curse for us, right? Where we play really, really good teams, really, really well, and then we play the really, really bad teams, really, really bad. So it's it's just something that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you would think that. This makeshift line that the Giants had with no star receivers, whether it was Marshall, Sterling, or even OBJ, none of those guys were on the on the field, man. And we were just we just got throttled by a better uh, Giants team. And I don't know if they're necessarily better, but they were better that night. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I cannot I cannot agree with you and say that they're a better team. Um, just the Broncos didn't look it, period. I mean, Trevor Simeon had two interceptions on 376 yards uh, 
passing with one TD. Eli only had 128 yards passing. Um, the running back for the Giants, uh, um, Orleans uh, Darkwa, he he had his breakout game and against our defense, who is supposed to be one of the better ones, and he had a big time rush. He did have like like a, a long long run, and so that kind of killed us. Um, our our uh, well our our receivers they they they're getting banged up. Emmanuel Sanders had to get carted off and and sent to the and sent to the uh, to the back. Um, Demarius went to the back for a second, came back out and started playing again. And then you had um, and McKenzie, I think, uh, was the other guy that uh, that got hurt trying to catch a ball. Um, so yeah, this definitely is. Just, we're, we're starting to get injured on our, our wide receivers. Um, Trevor, our, our offensive line isn't holding for Trevor, or Trevor's not making uh, our Simeon's not making a uh, great great choices. Um, it, it's a combined it was a combined loss right there, and it was kind of embarrassing to lose to the Giants, but. Uh, one of the big things that I was kind of happy with, Cliff, you're probably not going to be happy with what I'm going to say. It was kind of exciting to see Brock Osweiler, Osweiler get behind the center again. I mean, he did go chase money, and, but he brought him, and then it didn't work out in Houston, so they traded him to the Browns where they didn't work, and they were like, well, we're going to catch you. We're going to eat the money. And he came for veterans minimum to come back to the Broncos where he knew that he was probably going to be the third-string quarterback and he just wanted to get back on the team that drafted him and show the love that for his team. You know what? So, and, and to caveat, right before you said what you said, right, uh, I did say that they they were the better team that we – I I made sure to caveat and say that the better team, I said that I meant, to, I meant by the better team that, that we – like, they're not a better team all around than Denver. I don't believe that, especially on the defensive side. Um, but – you know, just they had our number that they had our number Sunday night, and that just was what it was. As far as Brock Oswald getting back under center, yeah, I kind of agree. You know, it was good to see him get back underneath, but uh, in the end, it doesn't matter, man, because you know, he we don't have it. We could pay him pay him league minimum. He could have signed off for a dollar for all I care, because he was he's getting seventeen million dollars from the Cleveland Browns anyway. So yeah, so Cleveland ate that money, but. Ultimately, he came back. He played, you know, played for us. We knew he was going to be the backup as soon as he signed because Paxton Lynch was out with a shoulder injury. He's still out with an injury, and even uh, Sunday he was a scratch. So there was no way that even if uh, Trevor, you know, got hurt the way he did, he wasn't coming back into the game. We knew that Brock was going to take over. And I don't know, man. It seemed like Brock looked a little bit more relaxed in the pocket. I, I have to say, so it looked like he could, I don't know, potentially be that good fill-in. Uh, if Trevor Simeon, like, gets hurt again or something happens to him, you know, God forbid, against the, against the Chargers, I, it, it looked kind of like Brock was ready to play in the pocket like he was supposed to. Yeah, definitely. And and that's what he did. Even then, even when uh, when Peyton Manning went down in 2015 and we had Brock have to will himself, will our team to get in, to get that playoff spot, get that win, even in the playoffs when he started, um, he, uh, I'm just glad. I, I'm, in, I'm overall glad that we have Brock back. Um, there's a lot of people that said that he's a traitor. He chose money over, over loyalty. And nowadays, yes, I would have done the same thing. Be, being a loyal Bronco fan, seventy-two million dollars over four years, where the Broncos weren't going to offer that much, I would have definitely went took that money too. I have a Super Bowl ring, riding 
helping the Broncos win a championship. Yeah, he didn't start in the Super Bowl. He didn't play in the Super Bowl. Um, but he helped us get there. So he has a Super Bowl ring. So he is a super – he knows what, how, what it, it's going to take to get back there. And so I'm kind of glad that we have him back. You know, I think my biggest problem with Brock uh, – Brock? <laughs> my biggest problem with Osweiler, it was, it was the fact – it wasn't the fact that he left for money. It was how he left, right? It was the, it was the sense that he was like, you know what? You guys aren't going to pay me. I'm not going to pay attention to this last meeting. I'm just going to withdraw from the conversations. I don't have no time to talk to you guys. I'm done. And I think that was ultimately my problem with it. Had he said, you know what, guys, like, I appreciate everything you guys have done for me, but I think it's time for me to venture on, sure, I would have had a problem with that, but he didn't. He was talking about, I'm going to be the next Peyton Manning, I'm over here at the Texans, I've got these weapons, I've got this, I've got that, blah, blah, blah. And we didn't, we, we, we saw what he was. We, we saw what we knew Brock was this whole time. The rest of the league saw him. And they saw what he was what he was about, and I think that was a problem. And when he came to Denver, he came back to Denver. He looked a little bit more humble, like he knew, like man, you know what? Like if I mess this up, that's it. I'm done. Like there's no there's no going around it. Like Denver took is taking a big chance on me, and so he kind of I don't know. I felt like he seemed like he ate a lot of humble humble pie between like the Texans signing him, then trading him to the Browns, and then the Browns saying, you know what? We don't we don't need you. So I think I think ultimately, man, like I think maybe he got himself a little humbled, and that's why he's like as chill as he is right now. And then you know he's really trying to make the right reason. He's really he really understands that if I want to be Peyton Manning, I have to be I have to be I have to be in the zone. Yeah, and you are correct with that. Um, he did look very humble coming out, even even take even sprinting off the field after he kneeled the football. Um, yeah, and and I agree that the the the, the slapping the slap in the face in reality to realize that what you had and what you thought you were going to get in Houston wasn't what it really was. Thanks for the money, and then you got traded to to the Browns, where as we all know, the Browns that's where if you if you're a quarterback for the Browns, your career ends there. And I think he was just glad to get out of that and have a second chance. Yeah, no doubt, man. All right, so enough kind of dwelling on that past. Let's move on, man. We're going to go ahead and talk about one game that we're excited about for Week 7, man. So what game are you excited about for Week 7? The big game I'm excited for in Week 7 is not the Broncos game. I mean, I would lo- I'm would. i excited to see the Broncos play. I always am. Uh, true in, true in, uh, through and through, I am a Broncos fan. But I am excited about the Super Bowl rematch between your defending champions, the, uh, the Tom Brady uh Tom Brady and the Patriots and Matt Ryan and the Falcons. I think that's going to be a, a, a scoring frenzy. Both these teams don't have defenses right now, um, and both these teams are lighting it up in the air. So it's going to be interesting to see. I am uh, I'm expecting it to be a pretty high-scoring game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I do have this. I do have uh, Tom Brady getting the best of Matt Ryan again, and the and the. Uh, and the Patriots winning, I'm going to say 35-28. That's a good score, man, though. And were they, they're playing in Gillette, right? Yep. Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting game, especially because it's a night game. It's going to get cold there. We all know that because it's, it's Foxborough and it's Massachusetts. And if you haven't been to Massachusetts before, uh, I would suggest go there. And then in the morning time, make sure you're wearing, you know, some shorts. Or I, I'll be honest, wear some, like, pajama pants. And then in the afternoon, wear some shorts. 
and then by like three o'clock wear your jeans and then by four o'clock make sure you take your jeans off put on some tights like some sport tights and launch on then go back uh put your jeans on put a long t-shirt on grab an umbrella uh and then like a stocking cap and a raincoat because you never know what the weather's going to be like in massachusetts after five o'clock it's crazy i'm going to be honest with y'all so um the game that I'm excited about most, right, would have to be uh, the Carolina game. I mean, uh, I know for a fantasy side, man, like, I do have vested interest in the New England uh, Falcons game with Devonta Freeman. But uh, I have Cam Newton and, and Kelvin Benjamin, so I'm looking for them to kind of tear up, a, a, I don't want to say a bad Chicago defense because they did look pretty good. But uh, I just, I think, you know, Carolina's kind of a different beast and they're kind of showing up and Cam Newton's starting to look like Cam Newton again. So I definitely expect to be a lot of huge things to pop off. Uh, Chicago's defense is, you know, it's still pretty tough, and I think uh, Danny Trevason actually comes back this game after being suspended uh, for a game. So I think for me, I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, you know, Carolina over Chicago, and I think it's going to have to be, I don't know, man, 24-21. Definitely. Um, I'm gonna, I'm actually going to input my two cents on this game, and I am going to say that... Uh, and and who are you who are you picking this game? Carolina, man. Carolina twenty four twenty one. Mhm. I I I think I think Cam has found himself. I think his wide receivers are coming along now, and, and the running game is is there. I, I I'm gonna also gonna pick this. But I'm gonna call this a complete blowout. I'm gonna call it thirty five to seven. And on your side with uh with uh the Patriots game, Patriots Falcons game, I'm gonna go on the other side, man. I'm gonna take the Falcons. Uh it's gonna be crazy to say that, especially because it is Tom Brady, they're playing in Gillette and teams quarterbacks usually don't go to Gillette and win. But I think this time I'm just gonna take it, but I'm gonna say it's gonna be twenty eight, twenty four Falcons. Cool. The second game that I'm excited about to see, I am re- I am excited to see the uh the the ba- the the Ravens versus the uh, Vikings. Uh, the reason I say this is uh, there is no quarterback in Baltimore right now. Uh, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco isn't looking like the Joe Flacco that got the, one of the biggest contracts in, uh, in league history for a quarterback, and he's thrown for four touchdowns and eight interceptions. And you have a Vikings D that is not a not a joke. You have they played one of the top top five defense right now. Um, excited to see what uh what Case Keenum can do against this the defense and to see if uh if uh, um the right receiver from uh from Minnesota, Adam Thieline, see what Thielen, see what he does. I'm excited to see this game. I am gonna say that this is gonna be a it could be a blowout. I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout, blowout, but it could be a blowout. I'm going to go 24-13 in favor of the Vikings. So I think the Vikings defense definitely controls the game, but I don't know if uh, I don't know if the Vikings offense is going to be as explosive as they were last mm-hmm. week, especially with the big surprise popping off. Um, I'm going to have to go on the other side, man. I'm going to say the Vikings are going to win this game. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I'm going to say it's going to be 21 – no, nah, I'm going to go 24-14 uh, Vikings. But I see Joe Flacco starting to emerge in this game towards the end of the game. Interesting. That's a very interesting pick. Um, we haven't seen Joe Flacco in two seasons. So it's going to be really interesting to really see what happens. Um, 
What is your what is the second game that you your pick that you decided? Yeah, man. So my other game is actually going to be an AFC AFC West matchup, and it's not the Broncos Chargers game, although I am excited for that game as well. But it's the Chiefs Raiders game that's going to be taking place tomorrow night, actually on Thursday night football. So it's definitely interesting because. Uh, you know, the the Chiefs offense has definitely been explosive, let's be real. You know, uh, aside from last week, Akeem Hunt and Tyreek Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill, whether Tyreek plays tomorrow will be a, a, a huge, huge deal. Uh, but Travis Kelsey and the boys, they're they're really tough. They're looking really good, so we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on them. But, uh, you know, the defense is starting to come around, too. Marcus Peters looks really good, so he's definitely looking like he's ready to kind of lead the, the Chiefs defense into the into the future. The more important part is the fact that, uh, the Raiders' offense has just kind of been kind of exposed. Where, you know, Derek Carr he likes to he likes to make his quick reads and get get the ball to the receivers' hands within like the first two seconds of a play. So he's only making one read. So if you can guess right, you're 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 bound to pick him off uh, and take it to the house. Lynch is starting to come along. His legs are starting to look like they're about to return, which is kind of scary to think about because Lynch is, you know, he's only. Uh, you're, you're talking about he's only one game away from being back to where he's at. So where he's starting to turn is looking that way, and the offensive line is starting to gel a little bit more again. So we'll see what's going on. Uh, but this this game I find interesting. I think it's going to be a close matchup. I don't know if it's going to be a super huge game. And even if it is, it's going to be like a 27-24, 17-14 kind of game. And I think I'm going to lean uh, on the Chiefs side with Alex Smith leading the leading a comeback win. And it's going to be a 28-24 uh, Chiefs. Okay, so with that game, I uh, I think that uh, the Chiefs are going to win too. I think that uh, it's not going to be very close. I really don't think that uh, that there's going to be any kind of offense, offense coming out of uh, – Oakland side right now, and uh, so I think I'm gonna go with uh, the Chiefs winning 28 to 10. So definitely a strong score. So let's go from pros to college, man. We gotta talk about last week. So, let's bring it back. Uh, a big upset, huge. Cliff, let's bring that back just a little bit. We do have to talk about the Broncos Chiefs game a little bit. You want to talk about the Broncos Chargers game? Or you want to talk about the Broncos Chiefs game? Because that's next week, the week after. Let's talk about the Broncos Chargers game, uh, the rematch of Week One, where Denver snuck it, snuck by with missing a uh, field goal. Uh, uh, the, the Chargers missing a field goal. Um, it is in LA, and the, the, the Chargers are actually favored in this game, um, which is surprising. Um, there is no stat according to ESPN.com. That's where we get all, a lot of our stats. Uh, the Chargers have a 59.2% of winning this game. Um, and I don't know how to, how to feel about this game because the Chargers are coming along now and the Broncos are kind of like falling apart right now. So I don't know what to think. I'm still going to go faithful and I'm going to say that, uh, that, that we're going to pull out. And I'm going to pull, pull, pull out this win and I'm going to say that we're going to win uh, – Twenty-one seventeen. So I'm going to say that this is going to be a little bit more dominant performance by the Broncos defense than it was last week and even a week before that. So, you know, Phil Rivers is definitely a great quarterback. He knows how to break a lot of great reads, and he's got some good weapons, especially with Travis Benjamin. Um, again, they don't have receivers that like to cut through the center. All their guys like to run up the seams or even, like, run, like, out routes or post um, flag routes, hitting out on the post. They're not really – they're not guys that want to cut through the center and take a big shot. 
the only person in that team that's willing to take that kind of a shot is uh, Henry, and that's just because that dude's a monster in himself. So I definitely gonna have to lean a little bit more off of um, more dominant performance, and and what I expect out of the offense is to show up. Like our offense needs to be there, right? So whether you know if Sanders is out, then obviously it's gonna be up to uh, Anderson and Charles as well as Booker because now Booker's starting to come along. It's up to those guys to start carrying this load of the team and start running the ball effectively. Uh, the line's starting to gel up a little. It looks like the, the line's starting to gel up a little bit more, which is good. You know, Trevor Simeon needs to get a little bit more time. But if Trevor plays with inside of himself and they start leading the team and lead the team, I don't see why this game can't be a 31-17 Broncos win. I like that score, too. I really do. Let's move on. Like you were saying, I'm going to let you finish what you're saying before I, I cut you off. And we're going to talk about a little bit NCAA of Week 7. What happened? So we're going to talk lightly, man, with just a little bit. We're not really trying to dig into too much about this, but there's we it, it would be a shame if we did not talk about the huge upset, man, especially with the uh, Clemson-Syracuse game where, you know, Syracuse came back and they won the game 27-24 on Clemson. It was a huge loss to the Clemson Tigers just because, you know, Syracuse wasn't expected to be in this game at all, and this is why you play the games, man. And, uh, you know, they kind of held that L. And then right after that, man, number eight, Washington State didn't get beat. They got dominated by Cal, and Cal came out with a win, 37-3. to Massive, massive win. Um, and then the rest of the week, man, just it seemed like everybody was falling apart except for Alabama, man. You want to touch on a couple big scores? Yeah, definitely. It's interesting that you that how many upsets we had. You had, um, or how close it was, um, you had Arizona State uh, hosting number five Washington, and Washington did not look good on that. They uh, they got beat 13 to seven by an unranked team who they were favored by. I think they were favored by 21 points at the start of this game. And then you had uh, the other one was LSU beat Auburn. Auburn, Jesus. Um, <laughs> and, and LSU came out with that win and and Death Valley. Um, uh, Wisconsin escaped Purdue and then. Georgia handled Missouri. So, yeah, definitely. The other game that, that was pretty close, uh, the Texas-Oklahoma game was really close, and uh, Oklahoma was able to squeak out on that one. You know, man, one game that I really want to touch on, it was a close matchup. It really was. I was really uh, – I kind of paid attention to this game on the side. I thought it was a great, great uh, great game by both teams, man, with uh, East Carolina versus UCF, University of Central Florida. I bring up that school in particular for one reason. Um, close game, like I said, great effort by both teams. UCF 63, East uh, East Carolina 21. And uh, why would I bring up that UCF game? Uh, because of the head coach of UCF. And what is his name, Cliff? Yo, Mr. Scott Frost, man. And there's a lot of big rumors right now because what we're going to talk about is this, this blowout that happened against uh, – you know, against Ohio State, Nebraska getting just beat down 56-14. And it, it probably wasn't a 56-14. Yeah, we were lucky to get our 14. One of them came off of a huge a huge reception, which, crazy enough, um, it could have been 56-21. You know, uh, uh, earlier in the game, they ran a similar play. A post pattern just came through the middle. And uh, our guy got it, was taken off down the sidelines, and he just happened to get a shoestring tackle, and that's what ended up catching him, catching him this time around. In the second half, they ran the same exact play. Same exact result, only this time it went for a touchdown. So it could have very well been 56-21, but it wasn't. Uh, and this is kind of putting Mike Riley in a hot seat, especially with the new signing of uh, 
of our new AD, but there's a lot of big talk about uh, Scott Frost being a guy that they want to bring in and, and at least talk to as far as, uh, you know, being a possible head coach. So it's definitely huge. I'm definitely excited. Hopefully that's something that happens. But, you know, he's Scott Frost definitely has to say something, say something about Scott Frost is that he's definitely doing a great job over at UCF, building an amazing program. So we definitely have to give a big shout-out. He did sign an extension for five more years, but there is an option to get out of it. So I, I definitely have to say, man, Scott Frost, shout-out to you, man, your team. Your Knights are definitely doing the business. Yeah, I uh, – so – well, as you stated, Nebraska, they, uh, we had and uh, we fired our AD a few weeks ago. We got an internship, and then um, we got an in, not internship, and uh, an intern uh, AD to replace him, trying to see where we're going to go. And then we decided that we're going to bring on uh, Bill Moose, uh, who just who, who just came from the Pac-12, and that's kind of scary because he like. Mike Riley, he's a Pac-12. They, they, we need to stop bringing Pac-12 people in. We don't have a Pac-12 West Coast offense. It didn't work with Bill Callahan. Then we brought in Bo. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, rumors have been swirling about Scott Frost, but Scott Frost is in the middle of Florida doing his thing. Uh, so I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really see uh, Scott Frost coming to Nebraska if he, if he can recruit. All around Florida to come get UC for UCF, where Florida is probably the best place to be recruiting uh, high school players to come play football because they have the best of the best out there. So it'll be interesting to see what's uh, in favor of what's going to happen in Nebraska here in the next few weeks. Yeah, definitely will. Like you said, man. So okay, Nebraska's on a bye week next week, man. So you're gonna have to pick out a game that you are excited about. What game are you excited about uh, coming up for NCAA matchups? All right. This week we do have a uh, Penn State versus Michigan. Now, why am I excited about this game? Because Penn State is the number two in the country now. Michigan is number nineteen. Michigan is five and one against a six and zero oh Penn State. Michigan just came off of a win against Indiana, which was close. And Penn State's been uh, been handling their business all season. They, even though they had a uh, the last play of the game, they had a, they had a score a touchdown against Iowa, but really, other than that, they really haven't been uh, any kind of real close games. So I'm excited to see that game. It's a it's a big time Big Ten showdown. So I'm gonna predict that Penn State's gonna come out and show their dominance. They are number two in the country for a reason. I'm gonna call the score 35-21 in favor of Penn State. So that's definitely a good good score, man. And I, you know, I'm gonna be honest, man. I'm I'm kind of pulling for Penn State in this one just because I have a friend right now. Uh, he goes up there. Shout out to John Hanna. I know he's probably listening. Uh, and I like Penn State. You know, when they're not playing Nebraska, the Nitty Alliance, man, they're they're a great school. So my matchup that I'm looking forward to, man, is the number 11 versus number 13, USC versus Notre Dame. This is fun matchup to watch. Didn't matter if you're there. one team was ranked, the other team wasn't. Normally at that time when a team wasn't ranked, it was Notre Dame that wasn't ranked and USC was. They have uh, There's a lot of great plays that have gone between these two schools, a lot of great history that's gone in between. Uh, Darnold right now, man, uh, 163 of 260 for 2,063 yards, 15 touchdowns and 9 picks for, uh, for um, USC. And then on the other side, man, uh, Wimbush, Wimbush is uh, 68 for 131 for 783 for six touchdowns and two picks. 
So it kind of seems like one's kind of offset the other, but the thing is is that USC has always been tough, just trying to build that program back up to about the time where Pete Carroll was around and not cheating. Uh, so I definitely have to lean a little bit, man, and say that this might be a time where Notre Dame might want to uh, throttle down. They're going to end up getting – I think they're going to get beaten this one. I have to pull for USC. And I think this score is probably going to be like a 35-21, 35-17 matchup. Interesting. And uh, and I'm going to go the same way with you. And and this is going to be an exciting game with Notre Dame and USC. Um, so I, I am also picking uh, USC to I'm – I'm picking USC to win this uh, – 42 to 28. Um, my boss, shout out to my old boss, uh, Scott Albanicious. He, uh, big, big Notre Dame fan here. Me and him just hate each other during sports seasons because we don't like each other's teams. Um, so I'm definitely going to have to pick against Notre Dame on this one and uh, pick USC to win this. So what's funny is that ESPN actually has 78.3% of uh, their their predictor uh, going for Notre Dame. So. We're kind of in a minority part of that, Anthony. Just going to give that shout out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I think that three and a half three and a half points uh, on the spread. So it'll be an interesting point to see well, who wins in this game. So let's start it off, man. Last night was the NBA tip off, man. It was definitely a huge season. Uh, great expectations uh, and uh, a. Big disappointment, like right off the bat, man. You know, and it's not a disappointment in the sense that uh, a huge failure. It was just uh, an unforeseen injury happened right away, and ultimately it 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 cost the person his uh his a year on his contract. So um, I know Anthony, you don't really want to talk about it too much, but it's going to be addressed. Uh, Cleveland did beat the Celtics 102 to 99, but the big the big story in this was that um, Hayward suffers a suffered a serious injury. Um, and it was a dislocated ankle plus uh, a cracked fibula. So, you know, our thoughts our thoughts with him that he gets well soon. One thing that I do want to touch on, though, that today he did put out a video message for all Celtics fans that, you know, he's excited for them. He can't wait to get back on the court, whether that's next year. Um, but he was definitely uh, saying, you know, I'm going to go into surgery. I definitely want to tell you guys I love you guys and thank you for the support and so on and so forth. It was just, I think the best part about this, too, it wasn't so much that they won, right? The Cavs won, they, big deal. It was the support that all the players were giving to Hayward as he was being carted off the off the court. You know, LeBron was giving his two cents, saying you're going to be okay. You know, uh, you saw D-Wade was giving, you know, throwing a prayer out. You know, you saw a lot of players come and kind of pat him on the back and say, hey, you'll be okay, and just kind of moved on from there, man. Yeah, I, I... It's a touchy subject. Me, uh, everybody knows that I'm I'm a diehard, I believe, Green Celtics fan. Um, the only team that I like in the in, in the Northeast and that uh, in the uh, New England area. Um, exci- I was super excited to to have this team come around. Um, I mean, we traded for Kyrie that day. Me and you were talking about it. I I told you the exact lineup on how it was going to be, and that's what came out. And I'm excited, and I'm recording this. I'm recording the game because I'm I'm at work and I'm I'm getting off as tip off is uh, going and and I'm getting my phone starts blowing up so I, I know what's going on I know that uh, that people are trying to t- uh, tell me about this game so I don't t- look at my phone I get here and I see what happens uh, when he goes up for his alley oops comes down and breaks it the, the, so as we've we've seen a few uh, 
a few breaks in the NBA. You got the you got the Sean Livingston uh, break. You got the Paul George break. The guy from Louisville break. Um, and all these all have similar patterns. They're wincing in pain. They're 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 grabbing. They're in agony. And you you get one picture of Gordon Hayward just wincing a little bit. But he just like sat there and was like, "Yeah, that just happened." He LeBron when LeBron came to shake his hand, he was just like, "Hey, yeah, that just happened. Good luck to you." Um, um, so you can tell this he was just in the moment. He was he was ready for this game. The adrenaline was pumping, and he was just wasn't it wasn't hurting him as much as it looked like. Or his facial expression was showing that it wasn't hurting him as much as as much as it looked like it hurt us. Um, so it's interesting to see. The one thing I did notice was, um, shout out to LeBron. I'm, I'm not a big fan of LeBron, but him coming up, giving some love to uh, 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 Hayward. Um, you got Kyrie up there. You have the whole Celtics bench all gathered in one, hugging each other in one big hug, showing that 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 this is a team. This is a team that that loves each other, and that they're like a big family. Um, shout outs to Mamba. Kobe put out a a tweet. Uh, telling him that he's got to face the goals, be mad today, be angry, want to take it back, and um, but you can't take it back. Work towards your mini goals, beat those, and you'll he'll be back uh, better than ever. So shout out to Kobe for giving an inspirational speech, and shout out to a lot of the NBA players who reached around and uh, and gave him some love. Um, yep, and the, the one thing about I can the good thing about this is 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 right when that happened, a lot of people like just like counted the Celtics out of this game. And in the middle of the fourth quarter, we were leading. We came back, we stormed back, and we were leading the game. We just couldn't finish. Tyree looked really good. So excited to see about it. Yeah, no, um, right, the, other game so. had, the other game that we had on this on on tap last night was uh, the Rockets and uh, the Warriors. You had the the ceremony rings, the dropping of the banner from. The Warriors win the championship. Uh, get to see KD get his ring and be happy, and seeing Steph and Clay and all those uh, uh, all the uh, Warriors be happy. And then I thought, as when I went to bed last night, that I thought the Warriors had it in the bag. Come to find out that that wasn't the case at all. The Rockets came back and got a one point win over them. Yeah, so actually it was a, a waved basket. So, you know, like you said, it was the dropping of the banner, it was the handing out of the rings, it was the waving of the of the final shot on Katie's uh Katie's hand. So it was what it was, man. It was just um it was amazing to see and it was a great game and ultimately, man, Trevor, you know, uh it was uh Harden Harden had to lead the way. It was uh Chris Paul's debut, man. He had eleven assists, so it was definitely it was good, man. It was a good it was a good matchup and you know, it's kinda of funny that you're talking about a little bit, uh, but you know Chris Paul, he's gonna he's gonna find his groove, and Harden definitely found a lot more points with him, 27 points for him, so definitely good looks for him. And then uh, I have to be honest, man, I'm kind of looking at the scores right now for, and we're talking about this on a on a on was it Wednesday? Yeah, so uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at Wednesday scores, man, and uh, I'm actually blown away right now just looking at 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 what I'm looking at right now, and it's uh, this is the end of the third quarter. The Trailblazers are playing the Suns, man. It's 98 to 55. <laughs> like, yeah, I, 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 I can't help but laugh. 
Yeah. Um, the Pacers put up 140 points early tonight on the on the Nets to 130. That's a that's a super high scoring game. Um, the other one I do see that that kind of is a shocker was uh, was um, the Seventy Sixers actually staying with the Wizards uh, throughout the game and they want and the Wizards pulled it out 120 to uh, 115. Yeah, that was a good game too. And you know, and my team, the one I cheer for, man, my Nuggets. We took an L. We had a ten point loss to the Jazz, not one hundred six ninety six. So it was definitely uh, kind of bad, especially in the fourth quarter. It looked like the Jazz kind of turned it up and had twenty eight points, where uh, Denver only had thirteen. So it's definitely going to be important going towards the future that the Nuggets decide that they play all four quarters and not pull a, a, a Falcons and go ahead and just you know sleep on the fourth quarter. Yeah, interesting. I uh, and the other game that that we kind of talk about that you mentioned earlier is uh, Gordon Hayward kind of put a mess, put out a message about the uh, to the Celtics as we we opened at home uh, tonight and they dropped their game one hundred eight one hundred to the Bucks. Um, the Greek freak uh, Gian, Giannis he had thirty seven points and thirteen rebounds. So. Uh, good job to the Bucks out there. The Celtics are on tune. We got some work to do, and so it's gonna be interesting to see. So let's let's move on, man, because you know basketball is gonna be a huge season. We got a lot to talk about with it. We're gonna talk it's about something that's getting a little bit more important, man. We're talking about the MLB play uh, postseason. So we know right now that um, if you want to kind of recap everything, right? So we know that the Rockies got beat by the Diamondbacks, uh, and the Diamondbacks went on into the play in a so moved on. Uh, then you had um, let's see who else was in there, man. So we had the Cubs, Nate, and the Nationals. The Cubs won uh, three-two. Diamondbacks got swept by the Dodgers. And then we moved up into the NL side where the Yankees beat the Indians three-two, and then the Astros beat the Red Sox three-one. Uh, these are series wins, by the way, guys. We're kind of shorten this up. Uh, right now, uh, Los Angeles is up three-zero on the Cubs. And uh, for the Yanks, man, the Yanks are up uh, 3-2 on the Astros. So which matchup to you, man, do you see happening going into the World Series, and how do you think that this is going to play out? Right now, so right now I do, it is a 3 nothing. Uh, it's 3-0 to zero for the Dodgers. But uh, right now the game is going on, and it is in the uh, the bottom of the eighth, and the Cubs do have a 3-2 lead, so I think they might pull one out. Hopefully they can get this winning. They get a three-one lead. I still see the the Dodgers and the Yankees. The Yankees are are looking really good as of late. So uh, I'm I'm gonna pull that the Yankees and the Dodgers meet, and uh, because the Yankees have won three straight against Houston after being down 0-2, so I think it's gonna be the Dodgers and the Yankees in the World Series. It'd be an interesting matchup, man, especially with the Yankees and the Dodgers playing it out. I definitely have to say um, it, it's going to have a lot of fun pitching to it. I mean, there's just great pitchers on both sides and all the way up, all the way through the rotation. So whether it's starting, uh, middle relief, or even the closers, we're just we're looking at really great pitching all around. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see going going towards the future and kind of see what's going to happen. I think uh, I think the Yankees, you know, with Judge being there, he's definitely kind of got the hot bat. So he, I might lean towards him a little bit, but I can't forget that, you know, it is. It is the Dodgers, and they, they, you know, Magic Johnson said it, you know, three years ago when he when he got a part of the team that we're in it to win it now, and they've done everything they can to win it. So uh, they've got 
solid pitching. They traded, they made moves. They they're all in now. And uh I think I think this might be that year where they might come in and sneak it out and get a you know, I think it's probably like three, you know, four three win. I think it goes game seven, but I think the Dodgers end up winning the series, man. Yeah, that's a good pick. I, I still think that the uh that the uh the the, the Dodgers are gonna win it evidently. Um I can't even remember the last time the uh the in in the World Series you had both the best team, the most wins in the uh the National League, the one seed and then the the one seed in the AL meeting the World Series. Um and I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean I wouldn't mind seeing seeing the, the Astros uh get that get come back and win the next two and uh meet the uh, Dodgers but I think I think overall I think the Dodgers do win this World Series. I think it is time for LA to get a championship. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's definitely going to it's definitely not coming out of the Chargers and the Raiders, let's be real. That's just not happening. Or even the Rams. So they're not they're not pulling that that title in and the only team that's winning from from uh, from around there is Golden State. So I it, it's about time that the Dodgers do win a win a ring and bring it back home. I definitely agree with you. So Maybe we'll see that happen. If not, hey, go Yanks. It is what it is. And I kind of kills me to say that because I'm a Red Sox fan. But uh, it is what it is, man. So I, I just want to see a good series with good sluggers and good, just great pitching and, uh, you know, guys who are able to read. And I want to see Judge, you know, crank balls out of the park. So I just want to see a fun series going between two teams. And, you know, whether it goes in extra innings every single game, I don't really care. I just want to see a great game between two teams. I completely agree with you. So let's move on, man. We're going to talk about this great disappointment that happened. Um, if you guys aren't aren't soccer fans, Anthony is not a soccer fan, so he claims he is, and I'm just going to tell him that he's not. But uh, the USA team, all they needed to do was win. All you needed to do was win, and you're in. You're into the ser- you're into the World Cup. That's all it took. Um, Panama was the next up on the board. All they had to do was they had to win. They had to hope the U.S. lost. That's all they needed to do, and they were going to get in. Panama won. U.S. lost. And the most embarrassing part about it is the fact that Team USA is not going to be a part of the World Cup, and there's nothing they can do to get into the World Cup at all. So, you know, we're going to look another four years, five years now down the road, and we're going to hope that uh, Team USA can pull it together and put a squad together that they can fully invest in. And kind of my thing is, is I think that you put a team together that for the next four years that is going to stick together, play together, and you you find a coach who can help them win. It's very embarrassing that our our squad is going to be one of the bigger nations and they're going to be outside looking in into a, a tournament that we very well could be dominant at. And if you don't believe me, look at women's soccer. Our women's team is on fire. They're always in the top top of either winning it or getting to the finals. And this year, you know, it's no exception for the next couple of years coming with women's soccer. So I'm very, it's very tough to see um, men's soccer not be able to meet what women's soccer is. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm going to uh, rebuttal what you said and say I'm not a soccer fan. I do love the Colorado Rapids, you little jerk. So I'm going to a class there. Um with the uh, with with the USMNT, uh, it, it 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 is an atrocious uh, subject right now to be talking about. I mean, you have Clint Dempsey on that team, uh, Matt Bessler, and um, 
and some guys on this team that that you we thought that this would be the team that that's going to get in, that's going to go farther than whatever where we've been. Um, and then, but we didn't. I mean, we had we, we and, and what happened? What happened this? What, what happened with Tim Howard this year? I mean, he wasn't as dominant uh, as as the years before, and now we just now we get to watch on our couches. They're going to be watching on the couches just like us. So essentially what you're saying is that we're going to hold as many World Cup trophies as men's U.S. soccer, which I definitely agree with. Agreed. We're all going to, we're all going to be having chips in our hand watching soccer at home. The only chips that we're holding are championships. They're just potato chips, and that's very defeating. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that. You know, and there is a lot of young players that are going to be coming up, especially through the under the 18 and unders. You know, their their Team USA looks really great with that. So I'm definitely looking forward to the future. But the problem was is that you're right. This was a team that, you know, Clint Dempsey was supposed to be leading. Michael Bradley was supposed to be leading. Uh, and this was the year where we were talking about, man, we're excited. This could be something. And, and just nobody showed up. It seemed like everybody just expected everybody else to kind of back away. And that didn't happen. So, you know, um, hopefully – you know, men's soccer can get on board. Maybe we see Landon Donovan become the president of uh, U.S. soccer and starts putting a team together that can that can win. Yeah, I agree with you. Let's uh, let's let's move away from this uh, this the sad news of us now getting into the World Cup and uh, let's move on to to our last and final subject, and that is women's basketball. Not very many people out there can say that they are. They, are, they love women's basketball, but I can. I am a Phoenix Mercury fan. I have been watching since, of course, my favorite female player of college basketball ever and women's basketball ever, Diana Trossi. Uh, Diana Trossi went there. Um, of course, they got beat in the semis. Uh, and then you had the, the Minnesota Lynx versus the LA Sparks. LA Sparks, the defending champions. Uh, but the the Lynx came out and they uh, they won the uh, the women's championship uh, three games to two in five games. Yeah, no doubt, man. You know, um, I, I have to be honest too. Diana Trossi is definitely one of my favorite female players. It's definitely fun watching her. And then of course, you know, Brittany Griner's on that board as well. So seeing those two girls on, on together, man, it's definitely cool. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, man, like you said, man, LA Sparks, man, they've kind of had a history of being tough. And winning a lot of games, so shout out to the Lynx man for coming through and, and winning. Uh, Candace Parker, you know, man, on Game Five, man, it's not like she didn't show up, man. She had 15 rebounds, she had five assists, she had 19 points, and in that final game, and it's it's just something about Maya Moore, man. So it's about it's, it's let's be honest, man. It's got to be something about these UConn girls who are able to lead teams in big game championships and win it, right? So Moore, Tarasi. Uh, who else is out there that we can think of right off the top of our head? That is, it, they're just firepowers, man. They just know how to win. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, they, they've been coached by one of the best coaches in women history, Gino Riemma, to uh, to win. He knows how to drive his team. That's right. He's won so many championships in a row before this last year. Um, and and Maya Moore is definitely one of these few women athletes out there that that you're you're gonna sit there and be like. We grew up and watched her. She's gonna be the Di- Di- Diana Taurasi. Like I, we we didn't grow up watching her because we were about the same age as her. She was a, uh, she's a few years older than us. She, uh, she, but uh, but in high school that was that was a team to watch. Um, 
that that's when I became a basketball fan, and, I, and since then I've always been a UConn fan. Um, so it's exciting to see uh, um, the Lynx, even even though the Mercury didn't win it, uh, the Lynx to get back on there and get the championship. They won it three uh, two years ago. They got beat in the finals against LA, and now they they got their redemption and got their uh, their win again. Yeah, no doubt, man. So with that being said, though, that's going to kind of wrap up what we got. So we want to kind of move on to our Lincoln love as well as some of the other things that we want to talk about that's just not, you know, it's not sports-related. So, Anthony, man, go out there and give yourself a little bit of that Lincoln love. All right. My Lincoln love, I always do. Um, so definitely we got Trexler on the on the, on the the guitar and mic on the 27th of October at uh, Gray's Keg. Uh, here in Lincoln, they go on at 9:30. It's a free cover. Come out and check them out. Other other things going on here. Uh, this Friday, we got my buddy Dwight Joseph. He is headlining uh, uh, one of the fights here in Omaha. Um, he's headlining the the main card. So Dwight's fighting. If, if you guys don't know who Dwight is, Dwight is a good friend of mine. He now trains at Alpha Male with uh, Uri and all the boys down there. He sends me snaps all the time. I'm super jealous of him. I tell him I need some autographs and some some personal Snapchats of them. Um, the other things that we have out here, um, definitely if you need your guys' haircut, come to Carly the Barber. She uh, does my fade. Every time I need a haircut, she makes me look good. And trust me, if you know me, it's hard to make me look good. So shout out to Carly and uh, her, her, her man, her boyfriend, uh, Corey Savage, he's uh, kind of helping us. He's kind of pushing our product. That we're pushing his. Um, his is Savage Men uh, Apparel. You see it at Bellator fighting all the time. Uh, so his name is getting put out there. He has an agent, and they they do their thing. And last but not least, quick uh, Nick Hanstein's out here. We're hoping to get him out here uh, to do our other podcast. Um, he does have a uh, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament coming up, so I'm excited to see him do that. I'm hoping he wins that. And last but not least, we do have uh, the the launch that me, that myself, Cliff, our friends, Lloyd, Chanda, and Ethan uh, put out, and that's called Serotonics. Uh, I, I have my first shipment of shirts coming in here to Lincoln. I'm the only one here in Lincoln that's uh, kind of pushing this. The rest of every, the whole group that started this is out in Baltimore, and so I have my sh- first shipment coming in of shirts, and I'm excited to, to get them out and start selling them and getting this company out here. Uh, we definitely have our motto, Break the Pattern. Check it out, buy our shirts, and support our group. Yeah, no doubt, man. Hashtag SS, hashtag Break the Pattern, hashtag Serotonics. Just the way that we roll. Uh, no, and, you know, on my side, too, one thing I want to do is make sure I give a huge shout-out uh, out to Justin Starks, a.k.a. Ghost. He's my man, my dude, training out here. Uh, well, he's training in Florida right now, getting ready for his next fight. Uh, as Anthony mentioned, quick Nick Constine, definitely huge, huge as, uh, aspect uh, in, the, in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu world, but he'll be fighting at what's called the EBI, so the Eddie Bravo Invitational uh, 12. Uh, he won it last year with uh, his favorite move, the twist, Twister, so we'll see if we can get him back on the air and talk to him a little bit about that tournament. Uh, and the other thing that we want to just kind of make a big shout-out to is that uh, – yeah, I want to I want to give uh, a big shout out to uh, Retro Fitness. Uh, it's kind of funny because they're kind of a bigger uh, known out here in the Baltimore area, but uh, they kind of gave me my first shot at being uh, a team trainer, and it's kind of cool to be attached to them and kind of just say what it is. And we know we have a couple of our friends who um, are 
trainers uh, with them. They're, they're going to start sponsoring Serotonics. So they're going to start wearing our T-shirts and stuff. So you guys start watching out for them on social media. Um, and it's, it's, it's really cool, man. So you guys need to follow on Serotonics. As Anthony mentioned, it's going to be myself, Anthony, Loy, uh, Chanda, and Ethan. You guys can find all of us on uh, Snapchat, Twitter, as well as Instagram. We're going to be promoting our products really, really hard, as well as on Facebook, too. You'll see it there. Um, we're, we're going to really be pushing it as much as possible, so we want you guys to come out and support us. Uh, buy a couple t-shirts. Anthony's got his batch that are going to be down on Lincoln. we got a whole bunch more that can be up here. Uh, so, yeah, just show that love. Uh, for small companies, and we're gonna, you know, we'll definitely uh, be promoting as much as possible, so you guys can get your hands on these shirts uh, as they get made up. Uh, with that being said, you know, as always, we want to show our love to the military and our military veterans. You know, we're always available. We're always looking to talk. We're always looking to reach out. Uh, you can catch me uh, on Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram at cm underscore miller eighty five, or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Big Red Dog, because that's what I've chosen. And uh, my my thing for you guys, man, is just we're we're here for you guys, and we want to make sure that you guys hear us out, and that we're we're always gonna reach out, right? So whether you're home front, state home front, overseas, stateside, you're over over in Europe, or even if you're in Korea, we're out here. We're just we just want to make sure that you guys know that we've got your back. And uh, you know, some of the groups that I kind of want to support too is uh, Team Twenty Two, Mission Twenty Two, and then I got your six. So you. They all got my love and uh, and donations, and we just want to make sure that uh, you guys know that we're here for you guys. Just reach out if you guys need something. Definitely. Um, all right, and mine are, like Cliff said, we we do touch up on this every podcast because it is something that is big. Uh, 22 veterans lost every day. It's gone down to 20 a day. Um so if you guys are veterans, our military personnel, our friends, our listeners, if you guys ever need to talk, do not hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, our phones are always open. My phone especially, I wake up in the middle of the night like six times, if, so I'll definitely see your message, and I'll reach out to you when I get a chance. If, if, if I'm sleeping and I wake up at 3, I'll, I'll probably hit you up at 3. Um, if I'm at work, I'll hit you up as soon as I can. Um, if you need, if you ever need anything, do not hesitate to reach out to me. My credentials are Anthony Luhan 1985. That's my Instagram, or you can find, follow me on Twitter and Snapchat at a Luhan 1985. If you follow me, I'll follow you and show you some love. So one more thing we want to touch on right quick. I forgot to mention these two. Uh, we want to give a big shout out to uh, Bill O'Donnell. He's in charge of the Vegas Sportscast. He's been kind of uh, bringing us on board for his podcast as well as uh, featuring us on his his uh, page, so if you guys want to look out for that, uh, just go to Google and just type in the Vegas Sportscast. You guys will find it there. And then uh, last but not least, man, am I missing somebody, Anthony? Am I missing supporting somebody? Um, no, not that I know of. I mean, we, we're showing our all love that, that we get from us. Um, Bill Bill has really been, like, pushing towards us, trying to get us to write on his on the Vegas Sportscast. Cliff, uh, you did do one show over there uh they got you on, and uh, as soon as we get a chance, we're going to be doing our thing with them and get them and uh, get on their podcast. So hopefully maybe once we get better equipment, we're going to get them on ours. Um, you definitely get reaching. We're reaching out. We're trying to get people onto our show. So be on the lookout for that. If you want to be a special guest on our show, definitely. If you love to talk sports, come talk sports with us. We love it. And we love the fans. You know, we are, we are forgetting one, too. And then you guys need to come show us some more love. Uh, on Get the KO, 
we are on every week. We do definitely do a show. So we're definitely talking about MMA or even just like this last week, we're just talking about submission victories and how much we loved it. And then we kind of touched on things that we ran into while we were in high school. So if you guys want to go check that out, uh, anchor.fm forward slash get the KO or even go on Google uh, or in Google Play Store as well, or not Play Store, but the Google uh, Music Store as well as iTunes. Uh, you can find us there. And uh, yeah, that's what it is. So you guys can find us on those two channels. And hopefully soon, uh, Anthony and myself, we're going to find out how we can get ourselves on iHeartRadio so that you guys can follow us on there as well. So with that being said, that's everything that we've got going on today. Anthony, what you want to do? How you want to send us out? I'm going to give us a big peace. All right, man. Well, you shut us out. <laughs>